0: Good morning. It's June 22nd, and welcome to Doing Life, daily devotions for finding peace in stressful times. This is the audible companion of the book by the same name. Today's topic is Washed in the Blood. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3:16. Twenty-eight years ago, I was sitting on the dock at our lake house on Cypress Springs in East Texas. I had a fishing pole wedged under my leg, a good book on my lap, and our Labrador sitting at my feet. The kids were screaming as usual, bouncing on the trampoline just up the hill. There were a few sails on the lake and more than a few sea-doos. In short, it was a beautiful, lazy summer Saturday, until the timber of one of the screams took on a distinctly different pitch. The dog turned and went barking up the hill to the house, And as I turned to see what was making the racket, the first scream was joined by another, but this one hollering my name. I bounded up the steps to the open back door, and I still remember seeing the floor of the mudroom completely covered in blood. And I mean completely. My four-year-old son was lying on the linoleum floor screaming as loud as a human can scream through sobs, and his mom had a beach towel wrapped around his lower right leg. My five-year-old daughter was standing in a soaking wet bathing suit with a towel pulled up over her chest, also crying, but not quite as loudly as her brother. I took a quick look under the blood-soaked towel, reapplied pressure, picked him up in my arms and said, "'Everybody in the truck, Kelly, you're up front with me.' My wife jumped in back and I handed Andy over to her, and she immediately reestablished pressure on the wound, which simply welled up through her hands." We careened the four miles to the East Texas Medical Center, a 10-bed hospital with a, quote, emergency room, unquote. As we pulled into the parking lot, unbelievably, there was a life-flight helicopter on the lawn with its rotors turning. We dashed inside, right past the little check-in desk where a clerk made a futile attempt to slow us down. The ER doctor came running up in scrubs. I relayed what my wife had told me in the truck. My kids had been throwing buckets of water on the trampoline and jumping. When Andy ran inside to pee, he slipped on the utility room floor, and his bare right foot slid under the razor-sharp sheet metal edge of the washing machine, slicing through skin, muscle, and maybe tendon, right down to the bone. Evidently, the only thing that bleeds like the head is the foot. The tiny ER had a recent gunshot wound, hence the life flight on the lawn, a heart attack, and a near-drowning of a 10-year-old, all there at the same time, and the ER doc was overwhelmed. I told her this kid needed stitches, but that I could do it. An administrator told me, even with a Texas license, I couldn't sew my son up there without privileges. The ER doctor turned to her and said, you can go home now, we got this. She turned to me and asked, what do you need? I told her just a table, someone to hold my son down, good light, 1% lidocaine with epi, and several different sutures. She called to Carl, an older but very sturdy-looking janitor, who would use his bulk to fixate Andy face-down on one of the treatment tables. The ER doctor then returned to getting the gunshot victim out to the helicopter. Andy was calmer, but didn't handle the lidocaine injection all that well. Through his tears, he kept saying, Daddy, do you know how to do this? Sure, I replied. But I'm not having a baby, says my four-year-old son, the critic. Most parents of even one child have had moments like this, where you just do what you have to do. Luckily, no tendons were severed. And although I got the bleeding stopped and the skin back together, had a plastic surgeon done the repair like I did, he probably would have been sued. The point is that you would do anything for your child. A parent's love is absolutely unconditional. So, that being a given, what would it take for you to allow your child to be crucified in order to save others? It's kind of hard to wrap your mind around it, isn't it? That's how much your Heavenly Father loves you. When you look at one of your children and know you would gladly step in front of a train for them, that's a shadow of the magnitude and quality of the love we're talking about. Paul's language in Romans 8 and 9 in terms of being adopted as sons and daughters must not be taken lightly. Next time you feel threatened or locked out or unloved, remember who's your daddy. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Romans 5, 8. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you because you first loved us. We praise you that you have made us equal sons and daughters of the Creator, worthy of the sacrificial love that even we as humans may know from our families. Amen. Amen.